0: Hello and thanks for joining us on the second episode of the Bell to Bell podcast on VIP YouTube. We hope you enjoyed last week's show. More of the same this week as we race, race through the topics on the tongues of boxing fans everywhere. Six topics over six three-minute rounds of non-stop chat and there's no ball. I'm Steve Lillis and with me this week is one of my old Box Nation pals, the top journalist John Evans and Steve Wood, the boss of VIP, is making a late, a, late, a late guest appearance. In case you're wondering where the voice of VIP Lee Hogan is, he was attacked by Woody's dog on Friday. Hasn't been seen since the back of his jeans went missing somewhere in Salford. Thanks for joining us, Steve. Before most important subject of what's been a busy week in boxing, how's Georgie the dog recovering from
1: the accident? Well, I think he's alright now. I was a bit worried he might have got a bit ill after taking a piece out of Hogan night, but... Uh... He seems to be uh, all right now. So that's that's 3-0 to him this week. He got Steve Furness at the start of the week and then the postman the other day. So uh, we have back, back to him from the offices now, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: John, we're going to start with you as we
0: did last week with, with these topics. And which one would you like to discuss?
2: And go now. We're going to go with the glitch in the matrix from this last weekend. You know, ordinarily when you get a, a big super fight, the excitement the next day's is massive, isn't it? People are talking about the next new star. They're excited about how they did it. But I was left a bit underwhelmed by the whole thing. I, I didn't think Teofimo Lopez had to be at his best to beat Lomachenko, which, if you'd told me that before the fight, I would just never have believed you. We've seen these spectacular knockouts from Lopez, but I, I think the most important and the thing that he did the best, was just keep his composure, stay poised, and just be himself. Um, I don't know if Lomachenko underestimated him like we all did, or maybe, but just sheer size of the guy when he got in the ring shocked him. Um, I don't know what it is, but I think there's a lot more to come from Lopez, but I don't really think he had to show everything he's got. No, I think just watching it, you know, you know, obviously, middle of
0: the night, you're half asleep, but it soon alerted you what was going on. I mean, see, Bob Arum's come out very, I haven't read the whole quotes, but he's blasted Lomachenko's game plan as such today. I think you touched in the air, John. I think the size of it. And Lomachenko is never, shall we say, loosely shall we say, bullied like that so much early in a fight. And uh, you just saw the markings on his face over five rounds. And by the time he got going, the fight was gone. Now the big problem for Lomachenko now is he was, you know, and the fact that he was getting hurt in them early rounds or feeling the power. Maybe in his own mind, because if you listen to a lot of interviews of he does, he talks about never going through the weight. You know, maybe go one more division to super lightweight. You know, but I don't see what he can do at lightweight now. You know, there's Devin Haney now, Lopez, and I think if he if he go, goes back down, there's fights for him. But would you back him against Bershaw? Uh, I'm assuming Javonta Davis would beat Santa Cruz for their WBA fight on the 31st. Jamil Herring Frampton, he flanks him against them, and Jojo Diaz. But you wonder what there is for him now. Is he going to come a stepping stone for a Javonta Davis or Hayne? I don't know what you thought of it, Steve.
1: Well, I think you can't write him off that that quick. And, I mean, I've not seen much of Lopez, but I've just had a quick look at his record. His last six fights, he's won people who've got records combined of 138-10. So, he's not been fighting Mugs. obviously. Conny last time, 29-2. and two. And if, if John's saying he's not turned up at his best, he must be one superb fighter then, because I was really impressed with him. Those first six, seven rounds, you know, the speed of his jab, the way he was cutting the ring down, and I think he touched on the, the punch power as well. I think that shot uh, Lomachenko, and it, it was lost before he got into the fight, wasn't it? But he still proved that uh, there's a little bit of the matrix left, and if he goes back that to super feather, I don't think anyone could touch him.
0: I still think they're hard fights from a couple of them at super February. Bershaw one of the underrated world champions, and Javonta Davis is fantastic. Yeah. Mm. I've lost track of people. Three minutes. That's your like You can't battle anymore. Come on, Woody. What are you gonna um give it to her? give give to us first? You're on your day.
2: Well,
1: listen. I'm gonna go about um, the ticket seller getting beat on um, Saturday night. Joe, Joe Law's getting beat because. Obviously, as a small old promoter, I know how important it is to have a, a ticket seller to, to not just try and make the show a success, but to, to pay towards all the other fighters who are, who are on there and struggling with tickets. So you don't just build him up, you build kids up on the back of him. And so, you know, I've heard stories of him selling between 1,000 and 2,000 tickets. So it's like, why would you get a ticket seller beat so early in your career? I mean, is it, the no-crowd situation where you think they've got to make 50-50 fights? Was it bad matchmaking because the other kid was like 5-0-1? Oh, oh or was it like a, a weight issue where he's tried to, to get down to, I think he made ten-six. he was trying to get some light, light weight away, from he's been weighing 10, 10 you know, has he as he kind of uh, done it wrong and there was nothing left in it? Because being truthful, he was battered, Wanted The kid kind of just... Uh, Clubbed him all the way round the ring, so um, you know certainly for me, there's no way I'd be getting a ticket to sell a beat he'd be, he'd be wrapped up in silver foil. No, I think Eddie's done what Eddie does. I mean, okay,
0: but Eddie gets so much stick, you know, it's Sky's money and all that. But what he's done is a brilliant job with boxing. But I, I don't see, you know, you do with him more than me. That, that was my first thought. If you're going to get a guy beaten. You you do it when there's two, at least sold he sold his usual fifteen hundred tickets. I, I just didn't understand it because that guy was coming to win, and I think I might have texted you before. I said to someone, whether it was you, John, or, or you, Woody." That um, I know Dan Naylor, his manager, really well. Um, Ryland Charltons, and they were coming to win that, and uh, I, I, I'm just perplexed by by the matchmaking of it. It's something you 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 wouldn't do.
2: Yeah, it was it was such a like Steve said, it was such a. A devastating defeat as well, wasn't it? You know, sometimes when these kids get turned over, they can come back for it, learn a lot, and come back a better fighter. But well, that was a real confidence sapper, wasn't it? You know, he's he's not just been beaten, he's been turned over by somebody who really, 99% of boxing people hadn't heard of, came from nowhere, and just did a real job on him. So it's going to take some confidence building to bring Lars back, uh, especially all his fans who are usually in the arena having had God knows how many pints of brown ale. They actually sat and watched it sober, didn't they, as well? So it, it was a pretty eye opening thing for, for all those fans, I would have thought. Yeah. I, I just, sorry, Scott.
1: Just, just to say the, the big thing as well, do those fans still come and watch him now, then? You know, and what what, what are they going to watch him? Because next time he's going to have to be softly put in, isn't he? We've seen it in Manchester over the years with fighters
0: when they've got beat the crowd. The crowd's got the, you know, you, you know you, who were your friend yesterday? The, the crowd soon go. And I'm also wondering, was. Training in Lanzarote is such a great idea. I don't think it's the sort of place for a kid with that personality.
2: Yeah. Three minutes
0: gone. Three. My turn, my turn now. and I'm going to go on about Turbo Terry's wonky pencil. Terry O'Connor again on Saturday night. Look, I know there's been suggestions that he had a phone in his left hand in the eighth round of the, the Ritz and Vasquez fight. I, I, I doubt whether it is a phone. I don't. That's not one for me to... To get involved in because everything's unproven. There has been a lot of allegations about that today, and uh, not allegations—people saying it was a phone. But there, there, you go. I just can't get either of the cards. Obviously, the Ritz and Vasquez fight Saturday night was one one seven one one one. I had it a little bit closer than some people, but I still thought Vasquez won it by by three rounds. You know, that to me was just incompetence and. I think almost as bad, but it was totally overshadowed, was his um, scoring earlier in the evening, Thomas Patrick Wall versus Thomas Essenbach. He had it 6-2-1 to Wall, which is impossible to have. It was a close fight. You know, you know, 84-84 One judge, judge. I'm not sure what judge it was. Marcus McDonnell had it the other way, 88-85 for Essenbach. 84-84, that, that, that was about right. That was an awful card. And it's just that with the ball, Terry has got history. They had the Cullen Smith fight against John Ryder, 110. and then of course the Tyson Fury fight against John McDermott all those years ago, when um, you know McDermott clearly won the fight. And that fight, you know, John McDermott would have become a cult figure for good if Tyson had achieved that. I just don't know why the bull don't do it. They never do anything about this. Absolutely nothing, and I, I never get why. You Know it's almost like it's our gang, you're either in the gang or you're not. And um, I, and I, I think that was summed up a lot today. I mean, I'm going slightly off topic by Robert Smith's interview about fans putting stuff on when they've had a few drinks at midnight. Now, if the foot, if the chief executive of a football club did that, he would be fighting for his job this evening. But um, I just don't see how Terry's got away with that. For I don't think he's the, the uh, as bad a referee as what people make out, but I think he's judging is, is, isn't good and he's gone away over the years and nothing's done about it. And that really frustrates me.
1: Well, I think you mentioned the the Tyson Fury one and that's the one I remember because uh, I think Frank Maloney uh, suffered quite a bit from that, didn't he? had an heart attack Maybe. and then he it turned him into a bleeding woman, didn't it? It was that, it was that bad. So you've got to look at the, the the effects these results have on people as well, you know, uh, and somebody of the day, what would have happened with him, what would have happened with, with Vasquez, you know what I mean? They'd have gone on to, to bigger fights and earn money. John McDermott could have gone on to, to make a fortune. Tyson Fury could have gone on the piss and collapsed and never fought again because... Um, it, it, it got beat, you know, so look where he's gone to and, and he, he could have, you know, he's changed that there but he's been making um, bad headers since, since that was 2009. Minutes, so, 11 years he
2: Three
0: minutes, you're off. Um, um, your final topic of the evening, second and final.
2: Woody's talking too
0: much. Go on, John.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, well, we're bashing the authorities today because um, the WBC have done it again by introducing this ridiculous... New, stupid weight division, we'll call it. Of of all the possible outcomes they could have come to when they discussed this, they've come up with the worst, most outrageous decision they could have possibly done. So I'm just going to list off a few faults, and then you can come up with your own. Yeah. So we've got the current champion, Ilunga Makabu, a poor guy who's fought his way from poverty in South Africa to become the the WBC Cruiserweight Champion. He's now got to decide whether to starve himself and lose £10, Or put on 24 pounds and move up. If we've got a unification in the division between the WBC and the one of the WBA belts, are we going to have it at 190 pounds, which is the new weight class division limit, or are we going to have it at 200 pounds? He's weakened two divisions which are historically top-heavy, the heavyweight and cruiserweight. They've now lost some talent. And we're constantly complaining about lower guys in the lower weight classes dehydrating themselves, making it dangerous and getting involved in wars. Well, he's just introduced the possibility of 200-pound men dehydrating themselves to make lower weight divisions. You you have a go, because I'm... Uh, You know
0: what? Uh, The uh, the 13-8 division is the one I maybe would welcome a little bit. But, again, it's people like Olunga Makubu, who you feel sorry for. He can't lose 10 pounds, John. You know, unless he chops an arm off. I mean, hey, look, you can do anything. But if he lost 10 pounds, it's severely weakened. It benefits a British fighter, like Yard and Arthur. Like Anthony Yard is ideal for 138. But it's that 16-stone, 224-pound division that has really got to me. You're going to get guys boiling down to 230 pounds. And you'll get guys like who are suited to it, like Wilder, Hunter, Povetkin, Usyk. You know that isn't going to leave a much, many people out, out, out there. Once you once you talk Fury and Joshua, who else is there? You're going to have Dubois, Parker, Pugh, these sort of guys. It's going to severely weaken the heavyweight division more than anyone because these guys, like as you say, Pervez sick will stay there because it's a title of money.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I just don't see the, the thought that's got into it at all. I just just don't get it. And when you mention like the other. Um, sanctioning bodies and they've not changed it. How, how's it going to work? Everyone else is all, all level playing fielding, all the weights, and then they've gone and changed it there now, so it, it just doesn't make sense at all, you know what I mean. And uh, I mean, my thing is that the light heavyweight to the cruiser where is 25 pounds is, 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 is too much, so bringing the cruiser down of 190. Um, That's and now your, your,
0: final, your final subject of the evening, Woody, and I think it's going to bring a smile to your face.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I'm going to mention Mark Leach, as in going up from bantamweight to super bantam I mean, and putting a, a fantastic performance on, but I'm not, not talking about Mark Leach here. I'm talking about the weight, which we've mentioned in about three of these, these subjects here, that people kill themselves to make a weight, thinking that they've got an advantage because they're going to pile a load of weight on over the next 24 hours and come in heavier. And what I'm saying is, is that, you know, it actually kills them doing that. And the advantages of, of going up in a way is they eat more, they, they, they train a lot harder, they get a new lease of life. And I, I, I just want to say is, why do people think by killing themselves for two to three weeks prior to set on the scales, because they're only at that weight for one minute. And you know what I mean? I know people who are putting 10 pound on within like 30 minutes, you know what I mean? So he's like, I'm saying, everyone thought Leach was going to get beat because the bigger man was, was Cass Ashfax and bigger man by a long way. But it, it was proven on Saturday night that, um, I mean, at that stage, you're only talking a difference of four pounds, aren't you? But, um, you know, uh, training themselves to make he, weight he's taking some performances out of people.
2: I, I, I agree. And the thing that always baffles me is both guys are doing it. So you've got two guys in separate camps and other ends of the country, both starving themselves and killing themselves and bringing themselves down in weight to get an advantage when they're both doing it. So if you can just put all your extra energy into those eight to 10 weeks training, you gain way more by being at full fitness for those eight to 10 weeks than you do by the final 24 hours when you can eat and drink as much as you can. I, I, just don't, I think it defeats the object when you've got two guys doing the same. Yeah, I mean... Do you, do you think, I mean,
0: what Leach did the other night was proof to what you're saying, Woody. I think he only put on six pound over the, um, over the, from the way into the fight. I think that's what they said on TV. And for a lot of these fighters also, with well, these guys at the moment who are going up the weights in the bubble. Now, a couple of boxers and a couple of people have told me that fighters who are coming down have also found, found it hard making weight in the bubble. Harder than ever because of the foods they might not have and, with the facilities they they don't have there, so you wonder in this bubble, why are they doing this? This bit more, you know, you know, suddenly having to lose a stone and a half to get down. I mean, there was one guy last night on an MTK show. Who I'm told lost two stone in no time to get down.
1: Well, well. Listen, I I can understand it is harder in the bubble because a few people have mentioned it to me, but generally, overall, I just think that a lot of the fighters and trainers have got to start looking at the weights there now and think we're not getting an advantage by boiling down, um, let's go up a weight. And I think it'll make for better fights as well.
0: That's it. Is that the
1: three minutes?
0: Final one here. Where's Wilder? (coughs) Right, we have got all this chaos going on about Tyson Fury, And what's going to happen with him? Um, You know, is he going to fight December five at the Royal Albert? Or as we suspect, he will. He's desperate to get out this year. Um, But it's the silence from the Wilder camp. You know, Shelley Finkel said a few things. Um, PBC, who aren't the most public people who got him as well, haven't said a word. But what I'm shocked at is where's Wilder on this? He hasn't said a word about whether he's ready. He's going to try and stop Fury fighting. Um, on December 5 and break, you know seemingly accused him of breaking the contract. I'm just I'm just weird that all this has been going on and there's something going on behind the scenes that so few know about because Wilder is usually the, the loudest guy on earth. You can hear him from here to you know Georgia or Alabama where is he He come you know is it Alabama isn't it, he come from you can usually hear him and he hasn't said a word on, on, on Tyson Fury fight in December 5 now. Has that last, you know, has that last fight against Tyson Fury destroyed his appetite for boxing? You know, does he want to further, you know, does he not does he want Tyson let Tyson fight Joshua and come back at the end of next year? I'm just found it absolutely, I'm amazed that he hasn't said a word on this. And I wonder yeah. where, not where, where's Wally, where's Wilder?
1: Yeah, well, I, I actually think that 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 Tyson's destroyed him mentally and physically, you know, um the mind gains before the, the, the fight, and obviously Tyson's done a few of them afterwards. But the main thing is he absolutely destroyed him in the fight, and I think his confidence has gone. But the devil will be in the detail on this, won't he, what's in the contract? Adam say it's expired. Shelley think'll saying they want the fight, and he's waiting for the day. Wilder's keeping nice and quiet. If he doesn't find fight Führer what sort of money would he get compared to what he's getting to fight Fury? So, I, I think that, that they'll want to take the fight and that there'll be uh, some arguments going on, as you say, behind the scenes, for um, maybe to go to, to January or February, which won't keep Tyson happy because he wants to fight. But, um, you know, um, like you say, with Wilder being quiet, it, it, it's strange. Yeah,
2: that- I think that the most sensible thing for Wilder to have done straight from the start was to say Fury and Joshua saw it out and I'll get a shot at the winner. Then he could have decided couldn't he, whether he was going to come back, whether he still fancied it or whether he was going to sail off into the wind. But if there is arguments and um, it, it delays Fury coming back, how wrong is that? That the guy who got comprehensively beaten can still stop the guy who beat him from fighting? I, I think there's got to be a quick solution to that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just boxing the way it is and Few, you know, it's just but they have these in the contract, and, I, and I'm just wondering if there's some sort of thing where they're going to claim coronavirus. You know, the contract's expired, but because of the pandemic, it should be extended four months. It could get really messy, it could. And that's the mm-hmm. time, Steve. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. It flew, it flew. Woody didn't stop talking. We never got our points in his wood. It's the Woodsters' fault, he's banned. Mm-hmm. He's banned. Mm-hmm. But yes. no, look, I hope you, did you enjoy that, fellas, anyway? Yeah, good,
1: for yeah, us. good form. Good form.
0: Oh, well, next week Hogan's gone again. Wood has gone next week because I know for the next two weeks John Evans is working on two special guests, top secret. But
1: Evans is working on them, and if he doesn't well, do one yeah. of them, he'll be gone. I just, Hogan. I just hope to get more than one hour's notice, like I got there. Just pulled it <laughs> hey, as a super sub.
0: That's, that's, hey.
1: that's hey. Georgie, hey. the mongrel hey.
0: dog's fault, mate. The 57 <laughs> dog. He's something. <laughs> yeah ill all weekend he's, seriously he's been ill all weekend
1: yeah told him he should have had that penicillin before he started to uh, stroke my dog
0: <laughs> <laughs> alright then fellas well thanks very much for this week glad you enjoyed it and thanks for staying in your office and taking on that okay. that 20 layer coat you had on Woodstock
1: yeah. yeah put it on now I'm going to do my shopping see you later boys yeah